0: Hey, hello friends and welcome to this message which is specially hand-picked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at LincolnSeranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses coaching opportunities and more god bless you as you listen to this message thank you so much courtesy for hearing from god for us amen good afternoon I am so grateful. I don't know about you, but um, on Friday, I left Friday service buzzing. And uh, I've had this buzz from the beginning of the year because we are focusing on Jesus. There's just something about taking our attention from everything else and all the clever things that we could say. And just focusing on Jesus. And he is so vast, he is so vast that we will take eternity to unpack him. We really will. It's going to take us the whole of our lifetime to unpack who he is, what he represents, what his mission is, what he came to say, what he came to make us, what he made available to us. It is going to take something like our lifetime. But I thank God that we have this opportunity to just gaze on him. Amen. And there's so many aspects of him that we could dwell on this morning. But I I felt that the Lord wanted me to focus on the one aspect that John the Baptist focused on at the beginning. So Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11 is where I'm going to focus on and Jesus goes by many descriptions. We call him the suffering um, lamb. We call him the king of kings and lord of lords. We call him, uh, come on, help me, lion of the tribe of Judah. We call him savior. We call him healer. We, I don't know which one relates to you more. Sometimes it depends on where you're at. But he's so many things. But when John the Baptist was given an opportunity, here's how I see it, that um, John the Baptist knew that his task was going to be brief. Because his task was going to be to introduce Messiah, full stop. That was his ministry. He wasn't going to set up Baptist ministries. He was here to do a simple task, which was to introduce Messiah. Messiah. So when you have a task like that, you need to, I'm sure you rehearse. You know, recently I discovered that there is such a ministry, um, Afro-American churches are very interesting, but there is a ministry that they call the introducer. So I went to preach somewhere and um, this lady was called up front and she came to the front. She took the mic and then she said to us, "Um, now my introducer is coming. And I'm like, introducer, what's that? So someone came forward, and she took the mic off the lady who was going to preach, and then she was like, oh, this is so-and-so. She's a mighty woman of God. She has done X, Y, and Z. So there's actually a thing as an introducer. But anyway, that's an aside. The real introducer. (laughs) Yeah, so I think I need to fix up an introducer for myself. (laughs) I'll pay you handsomely. John the Baptist, his task, he was the real introducer. Now, when you're going to introduce somebody and, and this is what you're called to do, I'm sure you rehearse in your head what you're supposed to. And he had the whole time in the wilderness because the Bible says from when he became like kind of an adult, the whole of the time, he was in the wilderness getting ready to say this. And so when he comes on the stage, this is something that he has rehearsed and distilled down. And he's like, I could say a million things about him, but this is how I'm going to introduce him. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry and this is how he introduces you he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire so the introduction of Jesus is that he is saying essentially John is saying I I'll just get you ready I will just clean you But this one here, he is the bringer of fire. And so today, I want to speak about Jesus, the baptizer in fire. I want us to focus on that aspect of him. Um, This fire aspect is not... Just something that John the Baptist said of Jesus. When Jesus himself was defining himself. Because he, um, if you've paid attention, we've spoken a bit about some of the things that Jesus defines himself as. But I want us to look at Luke 12 and 49 where he defines himself as fire. Hmm? As the one who comes to kindle fire. Luke 12, 49. I'll read it, 49 rather than 39. So skip to 10 verses forward. Mm -hmm. I have come to send fire. The version I like says, I have come to kindle fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. Can I read it to you in my favorite version? Uh, the Passion, it says, I have come to set the earth on fire. And how I long for every heart to be ablaze with fiery passion for God. I'll do that again. I have come to set the uh, earth on fire. And how I long that every heart will be ablaze with fiery passion for God somebody say Jesus came to bring fire. Now turn to your neighbor and say Jesus came to set you on fire. And until we are on fire Jesus has not yet done what he came to do. Until our hearts are ablaze with fiery Passion, for God, we have not yet begun. Actually, this thing about fire did not begin in the New Testament. If you read Psalm 104 and verse four, and for those of you, Bible scholars, uh, will be aware that this psalm, this psalm is repeated. That, that line is repeated in Hebrews. And in Hebrews, it's talking about angels. And here it's just talking generally about the servants of God. And it says, the winds are your messengers and flames of fire are your servants. Um, I'll read it. Another version says, all his messengers are like flames of fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And all his messengers are are like fire. Jesus came to produce fire brands. Jesus came to produce a group of people on fire. Now, I thank God that I'm saying this today when you're all very cold and looking like the temperature is not up to your level. But Jesus came to produce fire. Somebody say after me, brand Jesus is fire. fire. Okay, with a little bit of fire in your belly. Brand Jesus is? Hmm. Now, I don't know what you think when you think about the word fire. But I think of a few descriptions. Top of my list is passion. Fire is passion. Fire is emotion. I I don't know whether you you can be on fire and be unemotional. I just can't see that working. Fire is radical. And I want to give you a few quotes on passion and emotion because Jesus came to make us a bunch of on fire, passionate, emotional, radical people. That is the church of Christ. We're in a funny time where when you're passionate, you look weird. Even in church, when you get passionate, people look at you like, are you okay? But uh, that's what Jesus came to do. So if I've got some passionate people in here, Jesus came to set the church on fire. When he sees us in our diplomatic cold thing, he's like, I don't actually recognize this thing. Because I did not come to produce a block of ice. I came to produce fire. I want to give you a few quotes on passion. Steve Jobs says this. You have to be burning with an idea or a problem or a wrong that you want to write. If you are not passionate enough from the start, you will never stick it out. Hey. I remember um, one time in my last job, I, I feel like I've been job jumping. That's not my way. I'm actually a very loyal person. But <laughs> in one of my jobs... They were wanting to promote me to to head up a stream, if you want. And um, my boss then said to me, we want you to do this because you have the skill. But then she turned and looked at me, and she said, but are you on fire? And I was like, "Uh, I can do the job. She's like, no, 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 no. I am looking for fire. This is what um, Dave Ramsey says, that passion is so key that I will hire passion over education and talent every time. Somebody said this, people with great passion can make the impossible happen. Somebody else said, passion will move men beyond themselves, beyond their shortcomings, beyond their failures. Passion enables us to do things that we don't even have the talent for, that we don't even have the skill set for. That somebody else may be more skilled than me, but I've got the passion for it. Somebody say, fire Jesus came to give us fire, to set our spirits on fire, to give us passion. With all thy getting, get fire. Let me remind you of some of the benefits of fire before I go to things because the enemy knows that if he can get the church to become a block of ice, he's done. Even the things that we struggle with, sin, um, distraction, etc. When you are on fire, you don't have time. You don't have time to mess about. You don't have time to be doing something. Because something has taken your heart and your soul. And you are sold out. And that's the only thing you go to sleep thinking about. And you wake up. Somebody say, send the fire. Some of the benefits of fire. Number one. Fire produces heat. Whenever you enter into a warm room, like I hope this room is becoming, I just want you to be aware that if the temperature is warm in here, it is because somewhere, something is burning up. Somewhere there is a blue blaze. Somewhere in the back of the room, you don't even have to see it. Our boiler in here is behind that blue door. You don't have to see it. But when you come into here, you, uh, you, there's an atmosphere shift. Because somebody in the back, in the blue room, is burning. If there is warmth in the church... It is because somebody is burning in the prayer place. Somebody is on fire. Somebody is setting that temperature. Now turn to your neighbor and ask them, what are you doing to contribute to the climate in here? Are you adding fire or ice? Are you taking the temperatures higher? Or are you making us cold and miserable? Fire brings heat, warms up the place. And today I just want to silently to applaud the silent burners. You know, the people that are on fire are not necessarily the people that come here to take the mic. There are silent burners who are in the background somewhere, churning up the temperature, pushing the temperature up. And today we applaud you and we say we feel the warmth. Number two, fire generates light. hmm A real fire is always visible from miles around. So if you're one of those people who say, nobody sees me, nobody sees me, nobody sees you, check your temperature. Fire cannot be ignored. If the fire alarm went off right now, I don't care how cool you are. You would forget cool and pull your garments up and make a move. Fire demands a response. Stop asking for the response. Set yourself on fire. We will have no option but to respond. (laughs) I remember uh, my... Let me give you the scripture. Matthew 5, chapter 14. Jesus describes his church as a city set on a hill. Now, a city set on a hill is only visible if that city has lights. If their fire is burning. But if you have a city on a hill with no lights, then you might not see this city. Fire is what produces light i was saying that um we went to uganda many years ago this was the first time for my kids to go to uganda and my nine-year-old son i won't name names but my nine-year-old son uh, was on the drive from entebbe to kampala and um, he'd never been there before so he was looking out to the side and because we were doing it as part of a film the film guy asked him, what do you think? He said, I think it might look like London, but somebody's turned all the lights out. (laughs) With your fire off, we can't see you. It doesn't matter how great you are or how awesome, we can't see you. And God deliver us from a church that cannot be seen because the people in the church have lost the fire. May God, you know how it is, um, I don't know, some of us, the lights are off and we can't see you. Ask your neighbor for me, have you gone into stealth mode? There's, Some of us go through life in stealth mode. We don't know where you are. We don't know what you're doing. We can't see you. Somebody say, Jesus, send the fire. fire. Number three, fire transforms. My own belief in life, this is actually my belief in life, is that everything tastes better when it's hot. I am so, when I'm talking about food right now, I am so committed to hot things that I would rather just have a cup of tea than have cold food. And it goes to the extent that I actually, this is my admission, I warm sandwiches. Now, you might think I'm extreme, but, but there's just something about a cold sandwich that does not bless my heart. Give me a hot meal any day. Anybody say amen? Aha. Uh-huh. Fire transforms food. Tra- fire transforms things. It, it just changes how they are, especially if that thing is supposed to be served hot. Have you ever been served a hot meal that was cold? Now, um, I believe that for us Christians... We are meant to be served hot. Look at your packaging. The packaging on you as a believer says best served hot. Amen. Last thing I want to say about fire because before I talk about losing fire in the last five minutes is fire gets rid of rubbish. You've heard of burning the chaff and burning rubbish. And when Jesus says, I have come to bring fire, what he's talking about is what Kat was talking about a minute ago. It is the fire of the Holy Spirit that consumes the rubbish inside of us. We're not supposed to deal with the rubbish ourselves, we are supposed to go to the author of the fire and take that fire and be consumed by it. Allow it to burn on the inside of us and get rid of of all the rubbish. So, bearing in mind what fire is supposed to do, I think it's little wonder that everything in earth works to put down the temperature gauge on you. And I want to kind of bring this to a wrap by talking about fire killers. There are things around us that contribute to our coldness or that work to snuff out the flame. The enemy doesn't need to do a lot of things to the church. If he can get the church lukewarm, that's it. He's done his job. He doesn't have to make us steal. He just needs to make us lukewarm. Lock, luster, whatever you describe it as. So let me quickly talk about fire killers. Are you ready? Number one. I'm going to talk about these ones by just giving you the scriptures. Matthew chapter tw- 24 and verse 12. Matthew 24 and verse 12. And projection is going to be amazingly quick. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to 11 1st Mm-hmm. This is talking about the last days. And somebody say after me, we are in the last days. Uh And in our times, the Bible says many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. And verse 12 says, sin will be rampant everywhere. Let's read that together actually. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow Cold. So number one fire killer is the abundance of sin around us. An increase of sin and lawlessness around us kills passion. Let me put it like this. Tolerance to sin kills fire. Actually, we live in a defiling environment. And a defiling environment defiles. I don't care how righteous we are. When we are in a defiling environment, we are prone to defilement. Have you ever watched something? It's good that um, uh, Kat was talking about the things that we watched. Have you ever watched something and you stop in the middle and you feel this thing is making me dirty? Have you ever gone somewhere or sat amongst people and you feel this thing is making me dirty? If you didn't say yes, it's probably because you're dirty. <laughs> and you can't, you've lost the ability to realize that actually I'm getting dirty. There's a certain level of defilement where you can no longer see that you're being defiled. Because it gets to a point where it's pa- you're past it. May God deliver us. But what I'm trying to say is one of the things that will quench your passion is simply living in the United Kingdom in 2020. Where you are, where you're placed is enough to take the temperature down. Without you doing anything, I hope you're hearing me, I hope you're hearing me. Isaiah came to the Lord. Isaiah was a prophet. Isaiah was used of God. Isaiah had been in the presence of God, but he was living amongst the people who had unclean lips. And it wasn't until God brought him right into the presence of God and and brought him into the glory that he realized My goodness, my sitting around with these people has made me look like them. I am a man of unclean lips. How did he become unclean? Simply by sitting around. I'm trying to say to you that there is everything around you is working to make your love cold. Let me move quickly. The second thing. That will kill your fire is routine. Revelation chapter 2. This is um, verse 2 to 5. Famous scripture where um, God comes, Revelation 2, 2 to 5. He says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. He's talking to a busy person. He's talking to actually somebody who's actually busy in church. And he says, I know that you don't tolerate evil people. This is a good person. Carry on. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles are, are not. You have discovered they are liars. Carry on. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. This is a person who is even serving the Lord without quitting, but I have one complaint against me. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Or if you read the old Bible, it says you have lost your first love. One of the things that kills our love and our passion for God is routine. Whether it is routine of your life or whether it is your routine in ministry it is very possible to serve the lord in the choir to serve the lord as an usher to serve and yet passion has departed it is very possible to even be the pastor of the church and your passion for god has departed routine has the habit of killing. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? Anybody remember that Mary and Martha story? Where where God is telling Martha that you need to do what Mary is doing because what Mary was doing was she refused To focus on anything else except Jesus. She knew that there were people that needed to eat. And there were pots and pans. But she refused to do all of that. And she said for this moment right now. I'm going to focus my love on him. I'm going to be concentrated. I'm not going to divert to the right or to the left. I'm focusing on him. And Jesus said this is what I'm looking for. Mary, I did not order the sandwiches. I don't want you running, runner, up and down, doing routine things. I want you passionate. The third thing that kills your passion and your fire is comfort. Somebody say comfort. And maybe this is the sin of the the, uh, Western world. Revelation 3, verse 15 to 18. I'm telling you, anybody, when you're in a serious crisis, fire is just a natural product of the, of the crisis. When you're having to seek God because you've been given a life sentence, fire will come. Hey, I've been there. But there's something about comfort that kills the fire. Let us not push God to have to put us in circumstances where we are uncomfortable so that we may rekindle the fire. He says, I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you would be one or the other. Next verse. But since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Next verse. You say, here it is, I am rich, I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And that's not God being rude. He's just saying to us that often we are comfortable when we actually don't need to be. When there's a lot that needs doing. But there's something about comfort that kills our passion. How many of you today are saying, Jesus, send the fire again. Send the fire again. Set my heart on fire again. Stir the embers again. Stir the passion one more time. Stir the hunger. Stir the thirst for your word, for your presence, for for your instructions. Stir the passion again. Or stir the passion for the first time. Guys, this is not passion. It's not about whether you are an extrovert by nature or you are loud by nature. It's not a nature thing. It is about the kingdom of God. It is about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is about our God is our, our consuming fire. I am not naturally a very excitable person. But when it comes to the things of God, I am aware that the Jesus I follow, the one I read of in the Bible, the one I believed in, he is a consuming fire. He is the one that came to produce fire. And may the fire of God light up my heart. May the fire of God light up my heart. I want to end with this one thing. One last thing that kills fire. Is somebody getting something? Fire dies of neglect. Fire dies of neglect. There is no fire in the entire world that will burn without fuel. Even if it is Australia, you need to feed fire fire does not burn on just air. There must be something that is being fed to the fire. And if you don't, for those of you that have been around fires, I don't know, campfire or whatever fire you may have been, do you know that every so often you have to stoke that fire? You have to push those embers. You have to get fresh wood and add it in there. And then you shake it up a little bit. Some of us today need to stalk our fire. We need to shake it up a little bit. We need to feed the fire of God. We need to feed the fire of God. We need to shake it up. Shake it up. Every so often I stop myself and I look at myself and I take my temperature. And I realize I need to feed the fire. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 20. It says without wood, a fire goes out. What is the wood? You. 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 There are some things that you need to bring on the altar of God. Let's stand on our feet today. Because we are going to call for fire. And we're going to ask God to stir the fires. And you're going to say to God, some of you, I have never had any fire. I've never been passionate. Not about the things of God. It is not our opt-in and opt-out. If you are where you are, be praying already. Fire needs stoking. Every once in a while, you need to come back to the baptizer. Oh, with fire and say to him, Lord, baptize me one more time. Send the fire one more time. Baptize me one more time. Fill my belly with fire one more time. Set a fire down in my soul. Set a fire down in my soul set a fire down in my soul that the light of God will be reflected off me, Lord. That the power of God, that the glory of God will be revealed, will be displayed. Take a minute right now and begin to stoke those embers. Begin to call for the fire of God. Begin to stoke those embers. Those of you who know I've been far, Lord, and my passion has been far removed from you, just call to the Lord who is the baptizer in fire. You may not be as shouty as me, but surely you can raise your hands and surely you can say something to the Lord and say, send the fire in my soul, send the fire in my soul, stir the fire in my soul, set me ablaze, set me on fire, return passion, return the passion.